So a little bit about me. Um, I grew up in the Bay Area. Uh, my family is Christian. My parents were Christian. Um, they came to know the Lord when they were in high school, college age. They got married, so they've always been to church. So when I was born with my, with my uh, older sister, church was always part of my life. Um, we moved down to uh, Milpitas because my dad got a job in Santa Clara, but they grew up in San Francisco. So our home church was in San Francisco. So every Sunday, as a kid, for as long as I can remember, we would get up super early and spend an hour on the road one way to get to church. And, you know, I think that set a real precedence for me about, about who God really is. Because my dad is crazy if, that's not, if he's not real. It just doesn't make sense. It's like, why would you drive an hour every Sunday morning one way just to get to church? And so that's the context of my life. I just know God has always set me apart, and I thank him for that. It's nothing of me. You know, it's through the people that he's put around me. It's through my family. And as I grew up older and older, I just realized, like, when I met more and more people outside of, like, the one church I went to, I realized that that's not that normal. And I'm very thankful for my parents. It's just not normal, so I thank them. So um, this is about, yeah, what God is doing in other people. Uh, around me through me and so um so God's always been a big part of my life um but honestly sometimes that works against you because you get so familiar with God that he doesn't seem that special anymore <laughs> you hear about this guy every Sunday he's not that special he's always there it's a good thing and then you get kind of used to him you know and so I think my whole life after I accepted Christ when I was six years old was actually about making it real because it was always available, and it became this thing where I had to understand that it was personal and it was real. And so um, I don't know why I shared that, but I just hope that you know a little bit about me. I'm not just some random guy up here. Um, yeah, but I feel like the Lord wants to speak into something today. Um, do you guys remember the game you used to play when you were kids? It was called Two Truths and a Lie. You always play it at, like, youth group. It's like an icebreaker, so everyone, like, gets out and writes on this piece of paper. You write these three things. You try to trick everybody, and you try to have, like, you know, your one lie. Try to be, like, really, really, like, believable, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll do this with you guys. This is a little tricky, so you got you to gotta, you gotta stay with me for a second. I'm going to give you three negatives, okay? It's things I cannot do, okay? So therefore, if two of them are true and one of them is a lie, to make it easier for you, you must believe only one of these things I can do. Does that make sense? Because the other two are true. I can't do them. So I can only do one of these things. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's play this game. So I can't, I can't ice skate. I can't tread water. And I can't ride a bike. So sad. So I can only do one of these things. So I cannot ice skate. I cannot tread water. And I cannot ride a bike. Man, I kind of want to take a vote. Who thinks I can ice skate? Who thinks I can tread water? Mm. Glory. And who thinks I can ride a bike? Oh, Lord, forgive me. So the one that I can do is I can ice skate. But that's it. My wife disagrees because she thinks I ice skate like a penguin. But that I can still get around. Okay, so I'm not clinging to the wall. I'm just going real slow. And my mom, she, my mom, when I was a kid with my sister, she enrolled me in ice skating lessons. I was like, Mom, I'm not Michelle Kwan. Like, it ain't happening. Like, like, what are you thinking? Like, I'm the only boy in this class. Like, everyone in the class was a girl. I was like, nah, man, this is not cool. <laughs> That's how I spent my Saturday mornings for one summer, learning how to ice skate. 
What she should have done is put me in a swimming class <laughs> or how to ride a bike class. <laughs> but anyway, and so I find that story really funny. And I thought to myself, why is it always two truths and one lie? Why is it always two truths and one lie? Because it sets this weird precedence that we believe in our hearts that multiple truths can be coexisting at the same time. Now, I'm not saying that's not true, but it sets a dangerous precedence. Because when you believe that there are multiple truths, at one point or another, there's going to be a conflict. And at one point or another, you have to be able to discern which has greater weight. Do you guys get what I'm trying to say? Now, of course, I'm taking this, you know, a really light game that's really fun. I mean, of course, it's like facts about yourself. But what I'm talking about is right now, in your mind, whether you realize it or not, there are so many sources of where you draw your truth from. And sometimes it's unintentional. And I want to talk about two today that are so deceptive that you don't even realize that you're using them. And so I want to flip it today because my sermon is two lies and one truth. And the two lies that I believe that we trust in sometimes, they're really, okay, before I tell them to you, because you might get really offended, and I'm always scared of offending people because I say really, like, ridiculous things, so I'm really sorry. And I want to preface this because there will always be an exception, okay? So this is not an absolute, but I want to bring this up, okay? And so the two sources that I really, really, really want to address, the tricky thing about them is that they are true a lot of the times, but you see, when you give them a blank check of authority and you don't question them against something that is always true, that's where the trouble comes. So I know you guys are really smart and you guys love Jesus. So you know what my one truth is, right? You're going to say, oh, Jeremy, that's Jesus. Yes, it's Jesus, okay? So that's not the point of the sermon. Otherwise, we're just going to go home. Yes, it's Jesus, okay? And yes, it's the Bible. Okay, so we got that out the door, okay? What I'm trying to say is that there's two other things that we mix with it. Because we like to mix things and we think that they can coexist. But I'm here to tell you today that I don't believe that these two things can necessarily coexist with Jesus in the Bible. Are you guys ready for that? All right, let's get into the Word of God. This is a long story, but it's a very interesting story that I really, really, really like. So it's in 1 Kings 13. You can turn with me. Verse 11 to 32. It's a really long story, but it's a good one. And I'm hoping you've never heard it, so you'll be on the edge of your seats. It's about the man of God and the old prophet. The man of God and the old prophet. So right before we pick up at verse 11, a man of God, which is a prophet, was sent to the king Jeroboam to prophesy something negative because he was an evil king. So he had just completed his task. Now it's very important because after the end of what he's prophesying, the king said, come and eat with me and dine with me and I will give you a reward. But the man of God said, no, I'm not to eat or break bread with anyone in this place. So he left. Now we pick up the story. Verse 11, now an old prophet lived in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told to their father the words that he had spoken to the king. And the father said to them, which way did he go? And his sons showed him the way that the man of God who came from Judah had gone. And he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him, and he mounted it. And he went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And he said to him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with you or go in with you. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, 
Let's pay attention. You shall neither eat bread nor drink water there, nor return by the way that you came. And he said to him, I also am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, bring him back with you into your house that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. And as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah. Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the command that the Lord your God commanded you, but have come back and have eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to you, eat no bread and drink no water, your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. And after he had eaten bread and drunk, he saddled the donkey for the prophet whom he had brought back. And as he went away, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was thrown in the road. And the donkey stood beside it, and the lion also stood beside the body. And behold, men passed by and saw the body thrown in the road, and the lion standing by the body. And they came and told it to the city where the, where the old prophet lived. And when the prophet, who had brought him back from the way, heard of it, he said, It is the man of God who disobeyed the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord has given him to the lion, which he has torn him and killed him according to the word that the Lord spoke to him. And he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. And they saddled it. And he went and found his body, thrown in the road, and the donkey and the lion standing beside the body. The lion had not eaten the body or torn the donkey. And the prophet took up the body of the man of God and laid it on the donkey and brought it back to the city to mourn and to bury him. And he laid the body in his own grave. And, he, and they mourned over him saying alas my brother and after he had buried him he said to his sons when I die bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried lay my bones beside his bones now this story is crazy this story is crazy to me because I have never read of a prophet who lied he said he was an old prophet. It did not say he was a false prophet. The word of God said he was an old prophet. That means he had done the work of God before. He had prophesied as God had told him to before. But in this moment, it is clear, we can all agree that he had a lapse of judgment and he lied. Now, the question I asked myself was, why did he lie? Because the other observation I can make is that he loved that man of God. Because when he died, he mourned for him. He cried for him. He actually went and got the body. When the, okay, this is a crazy picture. He went and got the body when there's a lion standing next to the body. I don't know about you, but that feels like a trap. That's like a bad scene from Indiana Jones. It's like, that, I think that's a trap. That's like Aladdin. That's like, uh -uh, I'm not taking that. That's a trap. Okay, but he risked it. And he went and got the body. And back then, graves were very expensive. There wasn't just like a lot of land just lying around. People bought their graves ahead of time. So he already marked out his own grave. And it's an honor that he put another man in his own grave that was bought for him, for him and his family. He put another man who's not related to him in his own grave. He, that, that means that man's going to be buried next to his relatives forever. That means a lot. So I can conclude that this man was not malicious in his intent. And here's, that's the dangerous thing. See, my first point is that one of the two lies is sometimes it's people. And sometimes 
is people who don't necessarily have a malicious intent. See, I'm not here to give that, that old prophet a hard time. He made a mistake. We can be clear about that, and we know that. But his intent was not malicious. And so can we agree that the reason why the man of God listened to the old prophet was because he trusted him. He saw him and said, you too are a prophet. You too know. You too have served the Lord. You have the same heart as me. You have the same desire as me. You heard the same voice of God. And the old prophet sort of used God for a lie. Isn't that interesting? And he said the word, he said the Lord spoke to me and told you to come back with me. Now, here's the tough part. You might not like this part. And I didn't like this part. I asked God immediately after I read this story, why did that man have to die? It's not his fault. It's not his fault because this man lied to him and he used your name to do it, Jesus. He used your name to lie to him and to trick him. That's messed up. That line should have killed that prophet, the old prophet, because he was deceived. That's not right. But let me tell you guys something. This is a free one. Anytime you read the Bible and you question it and you think it should have been done another way, you have two choices to make. You can think either you're wrong or God's wrong. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have to stop myself. I had to check myself and say, God, this story was right. And you were just in killing him. Because I have no right to stand here and say to you, God, what you should have done. So I asked the Holy Spirit, tell me then, Holy Spirit, why was it just that that man died? Let me understand and know your ways. Does that make sense, guys? So I said, Lord, show me your way. Why did he have to die? And the answer was very simple. And I knew it, but I just didn't like it. He said very clearly, I told that man what to do, and he disobeyed. He listened to a voice of a man over the voice of God. Now then I said, okay, wait, 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 God, just one second. If you would forgive me, I said one more clarifying question. <laughs> he did use your name. So I said, God, am I to question every Christian that I come in contact with? Am I to question every man of God that I come in contact with that says, the Lord told me this. If I'm standing in a crazy cool concert and some person, like let's say like the, like the main speaker comes over to me and just like lays hands on me and gives me a prophetic word. Am I to question every prophetic word that I get when someone says, I feel like the Lord is saying this. Do you know what the Lord said to me? Yeah. And I don't think you guys get the gravity of that. I don't think you guys get the gravity of that. That, that. that wrecked me. Do you know why? Because, because I had to realize that at the deepest heart of who I am, I wanted to listen to men more than God. Because it's easier to listen to men than God. Because it takes less effort. I just hear something and I can just receive it at face value. Oh, that's great. That's great. Wow, wow. But, but, but to listen for the voice of God takes work. It takes time. It takes effort. Now, I don't want to go too far. Now, you're going to be like, okay, Jeremy, now you're going to like make us all this like conspiracy theorists and we're just going to walk around thinking that everyone, we can't trust nobody. We can't trust people. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that we need to know the voice of God and the word of God so good that we're like, we're like dogs with an intense scent. You just, you just smell it out. So I'm not saying you literally question every single thing. Like, 
I'm just using this example. I don't know Bill Johnson personally, okay? So it's not like Bill Johnson is going to like lay his hands on me and prophesy over me. And I'm going to be like, Bill Johnson, you sure you heard that from Jesus? Like I'm not, I'm not saying like at that moment during the conference, you just be like, all right, uh, uh, Bill Johnson, I just got to double check. You know, something happened in 1 Kings 13. You need to make sure you really heard that from Jesus. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that when you go home at night and you meditate on that, if that word that was given to you doesn't do two things, you throw it away. Okay? If that word that, that was given to you doesn't do two things, you throw it away. Number one, if it, doesn't, if, it doesn't, if it doesn't bring you back to the word of God deeper, if it doesn't reveal the word of God deeper, then you throw that away. And number two, if it doesn't increase your love for him, you throw it away. That's it. That's all you need to know. And I want you guys to know today that I feel like God is saying, I want you guys to know my voice and my words and my promises so well that you don't even have to ask. You just, that don't smell right. That's all you do. You're like, I heard that. That don't smell right. Like, like one time, like this week when we came home, Anna came home. It was hilarious. It might have been me. Anna came home. She walked in the door. She's like, what's that smell? And I was just like sitting on the couch and I was like, uh, I don't smell nothing. But you see that? She knows the smell of her house. She walked in the room and she was like, that now belong in my house. <laughs> what I'm saying is that that's what I want you to have spiritually. And it doesn't matter who said it because there is nobody's voice who is greater than God's voice. That's what I'm here to tell you today. What I'm trying to say is don't be a paranoid, but you got to know him so you can smell it when it's not him. And, I want, and I'm not trying to give those people a bad rap, but I want you to know every, every person is fallible at one moment. So let's look at this man of God. Why in this one moment did he make a mistake? Why in this one moment did he have a lapse in judgment? Okay, because he wasn't a bad person. You know, I got, I, got, I got something to tell you guys. Lies don't just come from bad people. Sometimes a lie is a mistake. It's just an honest mistake. Okay, can I tell you some random story? Man, I really don't like it when people, like, try to tell me about stuff that I know they don't know about. <laughs> so, like, I'm a pharmacist, right? And so, I love it when people try to tell me about medicine. It just makes me laugh. And, it, I, and I'm not trying to be, like, mean. Like, they're not a bad person. It's just, like, a know-it-all. It just, like, annoys me. And I'm just like, okay, you can just say whatever you want, but I know, like, you're, you don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say. Like that person wasn't trying to lie to me or deceive me. But sometimes it's just an honest mistake. People speak out of turn. And they don't mean to hurt you. But sometimes that's their way of trying to help. They want to give you information. But they reach a little too far. Or they felt pressured in a certain situation to say something encouraging. Maybe even when the Lord was trying to tell you to say something not encouraging. Like, oh, there's some truth. You need to, you need to stop that. But we like to sugarcoat things. You guys get what I'm trying to say? So it's not always an evil person that's going to deliver you a lie. You know, it's real easy to, like, receive all the fluffy stuff, you know? Like, oh, yeah, Jesus is going to bless you. Jesus is going to do this for you. Jesus is going to, like, open up heaven's gates and birds are going to fly on your shoulders. And you're going to fly above the mountains. <laughs> you know, I'm being honest. When, I, when, when Daniel told me to pray for him, I was scared. Because honestly, yeah, what I saw was a fight. What I saw was a battle. But I'm going to tell you today, if I went to Daniel and was like, I think the word of the Lord for you today is you're not going to have any fights, man. It's going to be easy. This season's going to be so easy for you, bro. Like, don't even worry about that. Like, that, that, what happened to you last night, that's a fluke. It'll never happen again. Mm -mm. Yeah. You see that? You see that? 
See, I had a choice to make too. So I understand where that old prophet is coming from. But I had a choice to make. When I heard what God told me, I had to say it. And so I'm here to tell you guys today that maybe, and don't take this the wrong way, okay? I love you. Please, I mean that. But maybe sometimes we're the old prophet. Okay, I'm not trying to come I love you guys, okay? I'm saying that in love, okay? Sometimes we're the old prophet, okay? And, and, and I wrote down a list of reasons. Why did this guy want him to come over? It's a nice gesture. He's like, bro, you just work hard. You just, you just, you just went toe-to-toe with the king. You just dropped the hammer on this guy. You dropped the mic. Like, I want to cook you a meal. What's wrong with that? I'm, I'm, I'm saying that's what he's saying, okay? That's not what I'm saying, okay? That's what he's saying. God, I just want to take this guy out. He, he worked hard. I want to honor him. He spoke the word of the Lord. You stood up to an evil king. I want to honor you. I want, I, I want to give you praise. I want to show you my appreciation for you. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that, God? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Why can't I do that? I have good intentions. I want to love my brother. He called him a brother, didn't he? He said, I just want to love my brother. What if he said, you know, God, maybe, maybe you were wrong. Maybe, maybe he does need to eat. Maybe he does need to rest. Maybe he does need to stay at my house. Just spend the night. Don't travel back now. Don't go on your own. It's not safe. There's robbers around. You shouldn't be traveling alone. I love you. I don't want to see you walking off by yourself. Especially after you piss off the king, he might send someone to kill you. Stay with me. Right? Or maybe he had selfish reasons. I want this great man to hang out with me. I want this guy to be in my house. I want him to talk to my sons and teach them something. I want him to stay a little bit longer. I want to receive revelation from him. I want to get something out of him. He's so powerful. Maybe if he stays with me, I'll get some of his power. Or I'll hear the voice of the Lord like I used to. Do you see that? Sometimes we don't know it, but within it, as people, we mix things into the word of God. We mix things. Because the first, the, the, the man of God spoke first, and he said, I cannot. But you see, the old prophet didn't listen. He said, no, 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 no. He kept insisting. It's like Chinese nice fighting. When they don't want you to pay for the bill, and you go like this, you're like, no, 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 I got it. No, 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 I got it. No, 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 I got it. No, 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 no. Don't do that with God. I'm gonna tell you something. This is a free one about tithing. If Jesus gives you something, you say thank you. Don't say no, 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 no. And if Jesus asks you to pay for the bill, you say, of course, Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll take it. Okay, because real people know. The real way to live blessed is you take what is yours and you give what is others. But if you mix those two, it's all bad from that point. Okay? Okay? Okay, so now we have to move to the second part of this. And you might not like this either. The second source of lies. So first one was people. The second one is yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's going to get tough. You know, Daniel said earlier today that church is happy. I feel kind of bad because I knew in my heart my message was not a super happy one. (laughs) But there's hope at the end, so let's get to that later. (laughs) Second one is us. Sometimes we're our worst enemy. And within ourselves are three things that I believe we inadvertently give more authority than we should. The first one is experience. I hear people say all the time, 
You can't tell me how to feel, right? This is my experience. This is what I went through. Yes, yes, but hold on, hold on. I'm not, hold on. I'm going to tap the break real quick. That's correct. I'm not saying it's wrong. Where the problem is, is that the conclusion you make from your experience. So I'm not here to tell you, you shouldn't have been sad. You shouldn't have felt this way. You shouldn't have felt this way. I'm not saying that. Your, your emotions are real and they are valid. And I 100% agree with that. And your experience is your own. But where the enemy comes in is the conclusion that you made to the end of the story. So let me give you an example. I grew up um, with a really bad relationship with my mom. She was the disciplinarian. She was the authoritarian. And, um, and she was really strict. She was really tough on us. And growing up, it was really hard for me because I felt like so many times it was so unjust. Like, you know, you know that, um, that saying, don't cry over spilt milk? Like, literally, if I spilled anything when I was eating or made a mess, my mom would get so upset. She would yell. Like, it would, like, ruin the dinner mood, like, for the whole family. She'd be like, I can't believe, like, you're so clumsy. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're making a mess. Like, go clean that up. And, and, and other things, you know. Um, I don't want to share too much because, honestly, things are a lot me and my mom, we reconcile that. And honestly, our, our relationship's really good right now. So I don't want to dwell on that. But there's a lot of other, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Really, we went through a lot, okay? And what I did was I would go in my bed at night and be like, God, why did you give me a mom like that? I said, she's a Christian. I said, why is she acting like that? She's like, there's, just, there's no love in that. I would Bible bash my mom behind her back. I'd be like running out Bible verses when I'm sleeping in bed. Like, like yo, like, love, love, love your neighbor as yourself. Like, I'm your neighbor. I'm your son. Like, what the? You know, I was like, God, I don't know about this, you know? Like, oh, like, like I thought it wasn't supposed to be like eye for an eye, or, you know? Like, what's that? Like, we're supposed to repay evil with good. Like, like why is she getting mad over spilled milk? Like, she's not supposed to repay me evil for evil. Like, it was bad, right? So I went down this dangerous road of, my experience was correct. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, my mom was hard on me. Yeah, maybe some of the things she did, she shouldn't have done. But you see, the conclusion that I made became a lie. The conclusion that I made was, God, you don't love me because you gave me a mom like that. God, you're not looking out for me because you gave me a mom like that. And God, I can't respect my mom. You tell me to honor my parents, I can't do that because she's not worthy of my respect. Those are some bad lies, and you guys know that. I can feel it in the room. You guys know that. So what I'm trying to say is that your experiences aren't bad, but the conclusion that you make from your experience is where the lie comes from. So that's the first one, okay? The second one is your opinions. There's a really fun game that I used to play. It's called Truth or Opinion. <laughs> so there were these little funny cards that would just have a statement on it, and you had to either put a T on it or an O on it. You know what's really funny? I'm really bad at that game. And you know what? I think a lot of us are really bad at that game because otherwise, no one could come up with that board game. If it was so easy to know a truth from an opinion, that game would never sell. <laughs> Can you imagine if someone brought that game to like a bunch of like people who are, who are going to invest? And if they really thought that game was so easy, they'd be like, this is the dumbest game on earth. Everybody would always win. But I found out it's not that easy. Can I tell you? Let me give you an opinion that you think is a truth. This restaurant has very good Chinese food. That's an opinion. <laughs> this baby is very light. That's an opinion. I mean, I mean weight-wise. Like, they're very light. That's, that's an opinion. Oh, this person's very tall. That's an opinion. It's cold outside today. That's an opinion. 
You guys, you guys catching it yet? This floor is slippery. That's an opinion. This house is dirty. That's an opinion. It smells bad in here. That's an opinion. Catch it yet? I'll give you, give you some more. The sun is shining brightly today. That's an opinion. I don't think we really know truth from opinion. Like we should. So within our minds are like billions of thoughts of opinions. Opinions, 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 opinions. And I want you to know something. Opinions aren't bad. I want to say that. Because I always feel like... and. I love my wife because she always wants to rein me in. She's like, you use too many absolutes. I'm like, okay, I use too many absolutes. <laughs> so opinions aren't bad. I'm not trying to say that. But what I'm saying is that we have to weigh them properly. You have to be aware of what is an opinion versus what is a truth. Because when you let an opinion become a truth, uh-oh, that's when it gets slippery. That's an opinion. <laughs> okay. So I want you to know that's the, that's the tricky part. That's the tricky part. That's how we trick ourselves. And the trickiest part of this second one, when it's in us, is that you trust yourself, don't you? Don't you trust yourself? Don't you trust yourself that you would know the truth? Don't you trust yourself that you would know a truth from a lie? Don't you trust yourself that you would know what's right and what's wrong? I'm not trying to be mean, but can I tell you something? We're sinners. And even though you've been redeemed by Christ, there's a, there's a dynamic called already and not yet. Already and not yet. Already means, yes, you have Christ in you, but it's not yet fully completed. So right now within you are actually two natures that are battling each other. You have your old sinful nature and you have the new nature of Christ. But you have to choose the right one. And so sometimes when we trust ourselves too much, you think it's all the same. You're not there yet. I'm not trying to be discouraging. It's just the truth. Because I don't want you to fall prey to yourself. You're not there yet. I'm not there yet. We cannot trust every thought that runs into our mind. We cannot trust every opinion that we form. We cannot trust every experience that we go through and the conclusion that we make. Okay? Last point. So what, so what about the mixing? I was going to try to make a joke about Sir Mix a lot, but I'm not going to do it. No, oh, thank you. That, that was the sermon. Thank, thank you, Pastor Darrell. Thank you. So, so we like to mix things, right? We like to say, you know, I, I hear this a lot when I go around and talk to people. You know, they say, you should get a lot of, you should get different perspectives. You should get different perspectives. You should, you should widen your perspective, talk to a lot of people, get a lot of opinions, get wise counsel. Like, you should, you know, get a lot of information so you can become informed. Now, again, this is good, so I'm not saying that's bad. But what I'm trying to say is that I find actually when I observe that, that I feel like people do that too much now. You guys are so good at that, that you'd be asking everybody what they think. Like you'd be posting it online and being like, hey, can you guys vote? Like, should I do this or that? And you just like look at everyone's posts. You're like, oh, okay, okay, I got like 15 to do it and like 13 not. So I guess I should do it. Okay, let me tell you something. If the vote is 15 to 13, that's pretty close. I don't think you should be listening to anybody. <laughs> All right? That's pretty bad. Like, it's not like, oh, those, that, oh, that extra person that went to the other side because it would have been 14-14. Like, they, they must know the truth. Like, I'm just telling you right now. We like to mix things a lot. But I don't believe that that's the truth. I'm, now, I'm not saying there's no place for wise counsel. But can I tell you something what I feel like God's asking you to do? I think he's asking you to decrease the amount 
of perspective that you get. To get better, weightier perspectives from people that you trust and know are godly. Does that make sense? So instead of casting this huge net where you just want to ask everybody what they think and take a survey like, like Gallup poll, that you form two or three people that you trust because they reflect the heart of God. Because at the end of the day, guys, let me tell you something. You're not trying to get perspective of man, even though there is a place for that. But what you're trying to do, is that my signal to wrap it up? No, I'm playing with you, bro. I love you. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that there is a time and place to get perspective of other people. Can I tell you why it's important to get perspective of other people? It's not for your own truth. It's for two other purposes. It's to understand their heart and it's to help heal and support them. That's why you know someone else's perspective. But you're not always gaining someone else's perspective to gain truth, to inform you. You're getting perspectives that you can connect with them and love them better. So, but we've mixed that up. We think, I want to get everyone's perspective. And then all of a sudden, we have all these perspectives, and we're like, oh, God, I don't know what's true anymore. Oh, gosh, it seems like everyone's right. Like, it seems like everyone's entitled to their opinion. It seems like everyone's entitled to how they feel. I'm not going to stand here and tell someone they don't, they don't have a right to feel how they feel. So then what do we do? We just say, oh, everybody's right. Everybody's right. I want you to know, there's a purpose to having other people's perspective. It's to connect. It's to sympathize. It's to love and support them and to know their heart so that we can love them and restore them back to Christ. Because you can't help someone you don't know. But what is the use for perspective for us? Anyone who gives you advice again, like I told you earlier about the people, if their perspective doesn't bring you back to the word of God deeper and doesn't help you love God more, you throw that perspective out the door. I'm sorry, can't do that. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. I'm going to land this plane. All right? I'm going to land this plane. Usually that means 20-minute warning, in case if you know any pastors, but I'm going to be with you guys. It's going to be five minutes, okay? You know, I go on social media a lot. I see a lot of stuff. Can I tell you something that's on my heart that I really want to share with you guys? I get so frustrated when I see people quoting people more than people quoting God. I get so frustrated when I see people quoting people more than quoting scripture. I get frustrated when I see even, even pastors. Don't be quoting me. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Please do not ever quote me on social media. I don't ever want to see a post that said like, Blah, 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 end quote, and says, Jeremy Jung. Like, please don't do that. I'm going to message you, DM you straight up, and be like, please delete that. I don't ever want to be quoted. Can I tell you what my honest heart is as a pastor? This is my honest heart, that, that you don't remember a single word I say, that all you get out of this is you heard God tell you something. You heard God prick, prick the back of your mind and the, and the core of your heart, and then you went home, and you read the word, and you said, God, why did that prick me why did that make my heart stir and you went to the word and you heard the voice of God later on today I don't want you to hear a word I say and I believe that in all my heart don't ever quote me online I'll be so pissed off don't ever quote me online I don't ever want to be quoted I'm not tweetable I'm not interesting it's not worth it it's not worth it I'm being so serious I'm tired of people quoting other pastors quoting them quoting them these men are great men of God but you know what I'm saying can we stop talking about men they're still men 
there's only one God. There's only one word that actually lasts forever. There's only one word that actually approves and achieves everything it says. There's only one word that never fails. There's only one word that is never alive. There's only one word that is always accomplished. And it's not a man. I don't care how holy that man is. Please, I'm not saying you can't gain wisdom from righteous men. But don't quote them more than God. Don't quote them more than what you heard in the closet. Don't quote them more than what you heard in your quiet time with God. Don't quote them more than scripture. I'm tired of people reading more self-help books than reading the Bible. I'm tired of people reading books about this and that and this and that and wanting to know this and that and studying all these other books and what all these people say instead of studying the word of God. I'm tired of that, guys. God's calling you something deeper. God's calling you something deeper. I'm not saying there's no place for those books either, again, but the weight is off. The weight is imbalanced. If you got a library this big of books and you'd be reading like the whole book in one day because it was so good, but you don't read the Bible for 15 minutes? Come on, y'all. I'm going to say that one more time. I, tell pe- I hear people tell me, this book by so-and-so author, I don't want to say the name because they're, they're good, righteous people, okay? This book was so good. I finished it in two days. It's like 150 pages. I look at him and I'm like, yeah, did you read the Bible for 15 minutes? Come on. I'm being serious, guys. The balance is off. You know what you're saying when you do that? You're saying, I give more authority to that than to your word, God. That whatever this author says, it's going to hold more weight than what you tell me. And those people aren't bad. But again, it's an old prophet versus the word of God. It's an old prophet versus the word of God versus the word of God. So I believe today, man, bow your heads with me. I feel like the word of the Lord for you today is two things. What does God want you to do with this? I feel like what God wants you to do is to restore your love for the word of God. But beyond the word of God, let me tell you something. The only way that you can unlock the word of God is with the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Is the illumination of the Holy Spirit. You cannot understand the word of God without him. The only way in which you can ever understand the word of God is with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left, he said, I will send you the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of truth. And he will remind you of everything that I have spoken. We need the Holy Spirit. So the first thing I want you to do is to renew your love for the word of God. But secondly, I want you to involve the Holy Spirit every time you open the page, every time you open the book, because it's not about what you can get out of it. It's not about what you can study. It's not about what you can ascertain, what you can decipher out of it. You can never understand the things of God without him. You can never understand heavenly things without him. We need the Holy Spirit to unlock the scripture. So I'm asking you today that when you read the word, not only that you would love it more, but that you would invite the Holy Spirit to sit beside you and you say to him, teach me your word, God. Teach me your way, God. Open the scripture to my eyes, God, like it's never been before. Open it to me like a wise man, not like the world. Give me the eyes of the Spirit to understand your word and your ways because I can never understand heavenly things without you. I can never approach you without your spirit because you are surrounded by unapproachable light and a man can never understand the ways of God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Just close your eyes right now. I just want you to interact with him right now. I just want you to cry out with your heart right now. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to say something to you today. I believe that with all my heart. 
Give him up the other parts that you've given him more authority. Give, give that part up. Say, God, I've listened to this too much. I've listened to this too much. I've given this too much weight. I've given my own experience too much weight. I've given my own opinion too much weight. I've given the opinions of others too much weight. I've given the direction and the commands of other people too much weight. But today, God, I declare that you will be the greatest authority in my life. The first and greatest authority in my life. And it is the one authority through which all other authorities must pass through and be interpreted through. Would you give him that part of you today? Would you give him that part of you today and say, God, I, I repent from the other things that I give way too much weight. Can I give you one more free one? Mm, I feel like the Spirit of the Lord is telling me to say this. Just because you don't understand something doesn't mean it's not true. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not true. A lot of the times we go by our experience because, and then we try to make an answer that makes sense. I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't have to make sense for it to be true. You can have an experience that makes no sense, but if you read the Word of God and the Holy Spirit enlightens you, that's truth. Guys, we need to let go of our experience and our limited understanding. Just like how I tried to correct God and how his story ended, I had to let go and say, God, it doesn't make sense to me. Now teach me. It doesn't have to make sense for it to be true. Yes, God.